And welcome to Play on Kate, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And you guys will probably tell very quickly that Raquel has a throat infection. Yay! So sad. (laughs) (laughs) So don't mind me while I heavy breathe into the microphone so I can sit close enough for you guys to hear me. Hopefully (laughs) most of that will come out with editing. Otherwise, um, you're in for an auditory treat. (laughs) I think it'll be fine, as long as we can hear you. Because from what I understand, she is very soft-spoken right now. Just way, way close to the mic. Yeah, just hanging out real close to the mic. And um, (laughs) it's just been such a treat to have to relearn how to use my voice again. Um, yeah, I don't know if we talked about your jaw surgery much last time. Yeah, we just recorded so many episodes in a row, uh, like the week before I had double jaw surgery, and this is like a fun new thing that we're compounding on top of recovery, um, and so you you guys didn't miss a week, really, but I we've missed so many weeks. This is the first we time. We've missed so much. It's been like six weeks since we last recorded. Yeah, and it's been rough because I've missed the K-dramas. I've missed them so much. Uh, except not this one. Mm-mm. Not really. Because we... I, did you watch episode seven before we took our break? I didn't. I actually watched it at work three days ago. What? I just watched, watched K-dramas it before at work. our break, and episode seven is the worst episode so far. So I really did not want to jump back into Goblin. Yeah, it was, I was n- not happy. No, it was a hard episode to have to get through. I remember watching it after, like, just a couple days ago when I first started watching it. I was just kind of like, okay, well. Good thing I didn't miss this K-drama too much, because this is the one that we're podcasting about, and it would have sucked to be thinking about it the entire time that I was recovering, but, uh, you know, good- But also, it'd be nice if it was better. Right. Oh, God. Well, I mean, thank God for episode eight, am I right? Yes, episode eight was then, turnaround, almost probably the best episode of Goblin so far. Yeah, there has not been a better episode. The storytelling was on point. There was so many beautiful monologues, and the cinematography was gorgeous. So beautiful. And I was, I mean, I think there's, I'm always going to have affection for episodes that aren't heavy romantic, and this one was not heavily romantic, and so I was like, this is good. They're doing well. It was not heavily romantic, and it, in turn, focused on a lot more of the friendship relationships, which I felt was so healthy and endearing to watch. Yeah, they did a good job with that, and I it made me so happy to see all of these characters connect in their friendships. I was like, why? I feel like we should have been focusing on this way more heavily this whole time. Yeah! So I don't care if we go very quickly through Seven, both because I didn't like Seven and because 
just a little bit sick, so why don't we just skip through it? Yeah, let's just uh, uh, hop through. Like, do you have any important bullet points you wanted to talk about? Um, first, there's a lot of Wee Bear Bears now in this show, and I freaking love Wee Bear Bears. I love Wee Bear Bears, too! And when they got her that cake, it was both so sweet, and also it was Wee Bear Bears, and so I was so happy. It was so exciting! And it, like, once they brought it in, they didn't let it go. Very similar to Subway in these two episodes. Oh my god, do you think that Subway just owns the K-drama, like, the entire industry? Do you think Subway is, like, they're the reason K-dramas exist at this point? Because that's how they act in K-dramas. Like, it's all Subway, all the way, sponsored by... It's the only food they eat. They go there multiple times an episode. And they it's do- like a treat, too. Yeah. Where they're like, you're gonna pay me. You're gonna pay me in Subway sandwiches. Right, and like, they also like show them ordering, like in case we all forgot that Subway does sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Goblin like saves this dad's life by giving him a Subway sandwich. <laughs> Subway sandwiches saving another life. <laughs> what? That was the worst one. Okay, I loved that scene as a whole, but just forget about the sandwich for one second. Yeah, it was a lot. That was a lot to handle. Um, they did make a comeback in that same moment where he gave the sandwich to his daughter who saved him, and it wasn't like, here, this will cheer you up. It's a Subway sandwich. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they played it off really well, but they didn't need a sandwich at all. No. So anyways, yeah, episode seven was the beginning of Wee Bears and Subway sponsorships. So those two pop up a lot. So yeah, thank you for that, episode seven. <laughs> oh, um, and they go to the movies? And that was probably my favorite scene maybe in the whole series so far, is when Kim Shin is at the movies screaming his brains out. Yeah, did I they, was uh, rolling. Did they watch uh, Train to Busan? I think so. I, God, I've been meaning to watch that. And then when I was watching him freak out, I was like, why did I not watch this sooner? Like, I just <laughs> feel like it would have been that much more of an experience. If I could either relate to it or be like, this baby, this little baby. <laughs> right? But either way, such good comedy. So, so good. Uh, I liked how they decided to use episode 7 to uh, thicken the the creepy air around their age difference by making it so he knew her new... Uh, like, crush, I guess? I don't know. Oh, that's yeah. something we should talk about. But he knew them when they were six. Yeah, both of them. Yeah. He'd never talked to her or looked at her, but he did talk to, I think his name is Tei. Tei, yeah. And uh, granted a wish for him. And it's so, so creepy that <laughs> they were in the same place when she was six years old. God, you know what they should have called this? The Goblin and His Child Bride. (laughs) 
I don't know about translations that might be the actual title. Yeah, it's not Goblin the Great and Lonely God, it's Goblin the God who found himself a child bride. <laughs> Speaking of which, I heard on the the Korean drama podcast, which you if you haven't listened to, it's way, way good, and I highly recommend it. But they were talking about which ones they should watch next, and... One of them was like, maybe we should watch Goblin. But you know, I've seen a little bit of it, and their age difference really creeps me out. I was like, thank you. I'm so glad we're not the only ones in the world who think, this show's amazing, but why did they do this part? Right, I've been pretty worried about alienating all of our listeners. (laughs) All our thousands of listeners. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Same. But like I people love this show. Yeah, and I get that it's like incredibly well made because I've been watching another K drama recently and I'm not gonna name names, but like it is I prefer the storyline in many ways to the mm. goblin and his child bride, but <laughs> it is not well made. And then I think about how like the cinematography and the storytelling and the like scripting of goblin is also good and really it has one major flaw but i i'd consider it in some ways a fatal flaw like it's just Mm. weird to be like here's this 900 year old goblin who looks well into his 30s and his baby bride yeah which they didn't even have to play up like i feel like she could have been a 19 year old even exact same age but in college? Yep. And it would have been like, okay, it's she's young, but she's out in the world making her own decisions. And she's mature, and she doesn't need someone to support her. That's another thing that I've struggled with, is that she's just so willing to let him do everything for her, like, financially... Mm-hmm. And when he isn't doing those things, she gets real salty with him. Yeah. And I'm kind of like, sorry, you've had a hard life, but the world doesn't owe you shit. Especially this 900-year-old creep. He doesn't owe you shit. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Kel just gets real angry about this crap. I do. I forgot that we weren't swearing just then. I'll decide what to do about that in editing. (laughs) Yeah, it's very weird. And like you said, they introduce a love interest for her that's totally age-appropriate in this episode. And it's weird. Like, why did they feel the need to do that? Because it doesn't create a love triangle so much as a more realistic expectation for what her life should be. Yeah, or, like, it also presents her a way to emotionally manipulate him, which is mm-hmm. weird. I've hated experiencing that, because um, he's obviously upset by it, and she knows, they all know, I don't know. It's just, I also, I think I could get more on board with the age difference if they had even a slightly healthy relationship. Yes, but he's very immature and doesn't like to talk about his feelings. I don't, emotionally stunted is what I think he is. 
Yeah, and, and she, she's just pure immature. Yep, just a kid, and you can't even blame her for that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was me during pretty much all of episode seven. The uh, one redeeming quality being the Grim Reaper, as usual, and his tears of an angel. Oh my gosh! Okay, can we just have this show kind of change gears and switch to being about just the Grim Reaper? Forever, and we only see him, and sometimes we see his friend the goblin. Yeah, because I feel like that's what they did with the goblin and a little bit of the Grim Reaper. But the Grim Reaper scenes are so much better. Mm-hmm. And his uh, romance is so much better. So much better. His romance with Sunny is so lovely. So let's just uh, change gears here and make him the main character. I'm on board. Every time we talk about Goblin, we should just completely exclude every scene <laughs> that has oh the goblin. goblin in the top. And just talk about <laughs> all the scenes the Grim Reaper does. <laughs> if we haven't alienated listeners by now, I feel like that's that's all they're here for. Yep. Come on over, guys. We're going to talk about Goblin, the story of the Grim Reaper. <laughs> it's so... It's just the plot thickens in these two episodes where you find out that Sunny is the reincarnation of... Of Kim's son, who I did not know was Kim Shin's sister. Yeah, that I was thought a it was his first twist. love. That was totally a plot twist. I think we were supposed to think it was his first love, right? Okay. Because you thought it and I thought it. Maybe we are just super, super ignorant. But I don't know. I, I hope other people thought that. If anybody is listening, comment and let us know. If that was a plot twist, or if you saw it coming from a mile away, but you find out that Sunny is Kim's son, and you find out the Grim Reaper's real name. Yeah. Which, we kind of thought he was the prince, like, this episode, but in 8 they pretty much solidified it. Yeah, they were like, yep, that's him, he's the one. In... One of the darkest scenes where Kim Shin is making a prayer lantern and it starts killing the Grim Reaper. Yeah. Oh, so sad. So sad. Don't hurt him. Don't hurt him. He's the main character. <laughs> he can't die. He can't die. Um, so the end of episode 7, I guess, we should cover really quickly. Because it's cool. Yeah. It's a cool ending. It's crazy. Basically, um, for some reason, I don't think it was necessary, but they make Untak a wedding singer, so... Um, I did not think that was necessary. The only thing I could think is that K-dramas are like... You know how back in the day, like in the 50s, when they first started making movies and like... Well, not when they first started making movies, but when, like, Hollywood was first becoming a thing and all actors could also sing and dance. Mm. I feel like K-drama actors, like, they have three requirements. They have to be beautiful human beings, they have to be able to act, and they have to have, like, they have to bring one other skill set to the table. And I guess hers was singing. Usually it's, like, martial arts or something. (laughs) 
that's fair. But oh, it was just so weird and random. Yeah. In fact, it's funny that you were like, I guess they made her a wedding singer, because I said in my notes, oh, okay, she's a wedding singer now. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Because what's the point? Yeah. No point. I don't know. And they don't, at least not immediately, they have yet to reference back to it at all. He was just kind of like, you sing good. And she was like, thanks. Puts puts dinner on the table. And it's kind of like, no, he puts dinner on the table. Uh Uh-huh. Like, he feeds you every night, so uh, we know where the money's coming from. You don't need to be a wedding singer. (laughs) And so they're walking in the park, and she tries to murder him by pulling the sword out. Which, I don't, I'm, I feel like they're hinting really hard at it being true love that can release the sword. So whenever he's feeling lovey towards her. I guess that's her opportunity. Yeah, to pull it out, to rip off the band-aid. But the scene is so frustrating to me because it's her being really vulnerable and it kind of, their conversation wraps up with her saying like, can I get a student discount on you being mean to me? Like just 50% lighten up on the chores and the grumpiness and he's like ha 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 no way man (laughs) and and then it's like oh but now she can pull the sword out because you're showing true love towards her i don't freaking get it how beautiful how beautiful is their relationship that that's why does he have to be like that i don't know they don't make their relationship makes no sense at all i'm not rooting for him it's sad. He's like a four-year-old. Yeah. And it made me so mad that she was being putting herself out there and saying, like, I know that, like, everything's hard and weird between us, but um, you're making things really hard for me, and I'm trying to take my final exams, and could you just lighten up a bit? And he's like, let's make this into a joke. I'm pretty funny, right? It's because I like you. And I'm like, no, that's not what you do to people you like unless you're in the first grade. Yeah, don't pull pigtails. It's dumb as shit. Oh, what is wrong with me? Why do I keep swearing? (laughs) We'll mark this one as explicit because we talk about stupid episode seven. We talk about stupid episode seven and Raquel can't control herself. (laughs) So she can finally grasp the sword because of true love, I guess, and starts to pull it out, which I thought was funny. I know it wasn't supposed to be. It's pretty serious. But she's like, don't worry about this. I got it. She's so psyched. Uh, And he's in so much pain. And then he just decides to react like a maniac. Like, Yeah, tries to murder her. Yeah, which... Actually, just seems like par for the course at this point. Yeah. And he saves her. And I wrote the pyrotechnic team got a field day on this episode. Because they got to blow up everything. Raining cars. It was literally just, they were raining from the sky at one point. And I was like, how did those get (laughs) up there? So cool. Holy cow. I thought that would be super fun to work on. I... 
don't think it was necessary. I don't think they had to do it, but I I feel like someone had fun with it. Boy, are we glad they did do it. Yeah, it was cool. It was neat to watch. And, and then episode eight that's... starts with that same scene. Yeah, which is fine because then the next two scenes are kind of just fine. I mean, it's like an hour and 15 minute episode, so I feel like they include a lot of scenes like this that aren't super necessary, but they have a pretty cool scene with Secretary Kim being like, okay, everybody, we're going to wipe this off the internet, and here's how we're going to do it, and he looks way cool. I like him so much. I got a little bit worried in episode 7 um, that they were going to make him some kind of villain. Oh. Simply because he was like, hmm, a man who doesn't die or something. I don't even remember what he said. And then he comes back in episode 8 being that badass we all wanted him to be. What is wrong with me? I swear I'll stop. <laughs> It's okay, I wanted to say it, but I don't curse at all, so yeah. I'm glad you did. Emily That's across what the board was. never curses, and coming into this, I just decided to, to try <laughs> and be as exemplary as Emily is, but I'm the worst. I'm such a potty <laughs> mouth. <laughs> That's okay. He was, he was wicked cool, but a pretty unnecessary scene. Same with Daqua and the Grim Reaper going out and giving out cash and wiping memories for the people whose people whose cars were destroyed. Right. It's like, that's cool, but uh, not super necessary. Yeah. Um, I liked that they did it. It was like them helping out their bud, which is cool, but... Mm-hmm. But, like, if it wasn't an hour and 15 minute episode they probably would have cut that first yeah um and so you see the grim reaper is kind of being like weird toward kim shin and i honestly forgot why like i watched these episodes back to back and i was like why is he like this and then it seems to be because of that picture that yeah. kim shin has um and he like sneaks into his room to sneak a peek of the picture, which is interesting. It's yeah, an interesting invasion of privacy. But whatever, I don't blame him. Yeah. And, um, I mean, it's not like he can figure out his obsession either. He's just looking at it and crying. Yeah. I. He's still the main character to me, so I'm fine with whatever stuff he has to do to figure his life out. Yeah. Because then there's um, Kim Shin, who decides to, like, take a bunch of pills and passes out in the kitchen. Yeah. Oh, what? Yeah, what? (laughs) Weird. I don't... Like, he says he's in a lot of pain, so I try to feel for him. But Untok is... Like, they play her up as being a kid still. And I don't don't think 19-year-olds are very much kids. But they play her up as being, like, a pretty fragile, like, kid. And she's putting pain patches all over her body and being responsible and trying to get a good night's sleep. And she's like, oh, he just took a bunch of pills and passed out in the kitchen. Maybe I should take care of him. I'm like, no! Why can't you take care of her for once? Sounds like a him problem. Yeah. Leave him in the kitchen. Yep. 
but instead she lights a bunch of candles and finds a pillow and a blanket, and I'm just like, I mean, sleeping on the floor is sleeping on the floor. He's still gonna feel like he slept on a freaking, like, marble floor. And you did that all for him, so time to head back to your bed, homie. Yeah, don't lay down on the floor next to him. It's just weird. And you're gonna be so much more sore. You've got a poor little human body. Take care of you. Take care of you. Also, you have roommates, so let's not be weird in the kitchen. Yeah. Like, I had a roommate that I felt was just in the kitchen too much at one point in my life, and they never laid down on the floor, and I still resented them, so (laughs) I cannot imagine how it feels to have creep roommates that just build a little shrine in the kitchen floor. Like, get out of here. This is a space for everybody. You all have rooms, weirdos. But also, I can appreciate that the Grim Reaper didn't want to carry him to his room, so... Yeah. Even if they were still on pretty friendly terms, I'd be like, Mmm, he's kind of a douche, so let him sleep it off. Yeah. This is a choice he made. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they head back to Subway. A couple Dequa more times. And talk. Yeah. And, uh, he. She explains that she needs him to read something for her. And then he immediately says, I wholeheartedly support this type of sleuthing. <laughs> See, this is what I was talking about. Like, this friendship building <laughs> in this episode where I feel like Untalk and Dequa have scenes together especially when he's driving her to school and like he's taking care of her at the hotel but like this is a cute friendly moment and she tries to ruin it by being like an immature child when he's like oh this is a love letter and she's like i knew it i don't need to hear anymore yeah geez but i still feel like they're a pretty good match because they're more uh, closer in age. Yeah, how about that? How about we pursue this avenue? So their their back and forth quips are pretty cute. Um, I also enjoyed that he immediately after that meeting was like, I guess I better come clean about <laughs> the Grim Reaper crying over a painting. I love when... Kim Shin confronts the Grim Reaper and Dequa's behind him, just like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I just, I, I just, I did the thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> I really like Dequa. I feel like you're, I can't tell if you're supposed to, I can't but I think either. he's good. He's a delight. He's also so annoying sometimes, but mm-hmm. usually in just the right comedic relief amount. Yes. He's the perfect amount where he's not quite annoying. Um, I've gotten to this point where I feel pretty personally attacked by K-dramas because they keep doing this thing where they make moms cry. And I, at first I thought it was just like a clever thing one K-drama did and then I was like, oh, I mean... I can see how they've sussed out that moms are important, and they're using that to invoke emotion in us. And now we've just reached a point where pretty much every episode of every K-drama 
is a mom crying and I can't <sighs> it still rips my heart out why are we making the moms cry why is it so sad every time even though it happens so much like you said it makes me tear up every, every time because yep this episode was no different we had another beautiful grim reaper scene with another crying mom who told her sweet dead daughter they're both dead she tells mm-hmm. her sweet dead daughter, I ordered us a cup of heaven. Oh, it's so pure. It is so pure. Oh, Grim Reaper. I feel like I couldn't handle a show just about him because I'd be crying all the time. Pretty much constantly. He lives a beautiful, tortured life. And... Right after that scene is the goblin saving um, a dad that's trying to commit suicide. And giving him a subway sandwich. Giving him a subway sandwich. It's such a cool scene until the subway sandwich. And then you kind of, it just uh, shakes you out of the, the reality, I guess. Yeah. Guess everyone was doing their day job today out either saving people or... Taking people to heaven. <laughs> but it was, a, it was a really good scene. And then yeah. and, and Tak and Kim Shin have a little walk in the park. Yep, and then uh, for some reason, every car accident in this show is this. Does it go right into this scene, or is there another scene before this that we needed uh... to talk about? There's a few scenes in between, but we don't need to talk about any of them. Okay. They're just a, it's, they're just a be- bunch of beautiful scenes. Some of them didn't make sense, but most of them were beautiful. Most of them were beautiful. I just, I was wondering, like, do you suppose that every car accident in Korea is just totally apocalyptic? <laughs> oh my gosh, right? I was like, are they on the highway? Because right? there are like seven lanes, and for some reason, these two cars get into a crash. And a car comes up like a good 30 seconds later, and is still going full speed. And like, crashes. he does not slow down. And then another car, and then another like bus. one of the cars hits and like flips out into the freaking like seventh lane. Mm-hmm. And a bus comes through, and then, like, a garbage truck with the power of a million garbage trucks. Yes! The garbage truck with the power of a million garbage truck, but no power to stop. No power to stop. he is also not slowing down. Yep. I mean, I just, it's a lot. That is a lot of cars to pile up in the middle of a city. Um, And they, um... I mean, for how unrealistic it is talking about it, it looked super realistic, and it just made me so sad. Yeah, it was pretty heartbreaking. And you find out it's a vision that the goblin had, which is to say you see it, and then it kind of flashes back to him real time, and he plans on stopping the accident. And then a few scenes later, he says... I saw this, like, two days ago. Oh, I yeah. got this vision a couple days ago. Which is weird to me. 
Yeah, and I remember him seeing that guy on the bike before, but I thought it was... I don't know, I thought he had already saved him or something crazy. I thought he was um, going to force the guy to flip on his bike and like get hit by the taxi and murdered. But he was like, no, 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 save your powers, don't murder people. <laughs> so that was like his vision of like, that guy just yelled at me, so I'm going to murder him. And then he was like, no, 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 keep it inside. But apparently that was just the very beginning of this huge car accident that he didn't show us the rest of. Yeah. So it, I guess it's cool that he stopped that from happening. The Grim Reaper was sad because that's a lot of paperwork, which, man, these Grim Reapers have no perspective. Yeah, they only care about paperwork. I guess when you deal with death for a couple hundred years, you probably care more about doing the job than than having to deal with paperwork. I don't know. I'll just make excuses yeah. for these morbid creeps that were ready yeah. for a multi-bus pileup. I know. I feel like it was just another very cool cinematic moment to have all the Grim Reapers lined up in their black suits and hats, like, because you know what they're waiting for. Yeah. Yeah, that's dark. So cool. And so Kim Shin uh, ruins the bus accident by kind of catching the wallet stealer Yeah. before there, anything bad happens. There was one moment when uh, the Grim Reaper sees Untak on the bus as it passes, and the concern on his face was oh so beautiful. So pure. Uh, he did not want, and he immediately was like, wait, does anyone have her name? Yeah, it's, it, like, quickly turns to confusion, and then, like, trying to work, like, problem solve, but there is, there is a glimmer of, this is a friend of mine, yeah. and I, she's gonna die if she's on this bus. Uh, I just want them to be best friends so bad. Sometimes I they're still- I think they are! Sometimes they're a little antagonistic to each other, but also I don't know if there's any relationship the Grim Reaper has that isn't a little antagonistic. Uh-huh. There's I the love least antagonistic, in fact. <laughs> I love when he goes to the chicken shop to see Sunny, and they just bicker for a good minute. Oh my god, and then they try and make Cute. a deal to not tell each other's secrets. Doesn't yes. work. Because they're in Goblin's house yelling about keeping secrets from him. Yeah. Not the brightest plan. Nope, they're not the smartest people, but they are the my favorite. They're my favorite yes. people. Well, the Grim Reaper is. Yeah. And talks just okay. She's fine. She makes me mad pretty much more than anyone else besides the Goblin in this show, so... Mm-hmm. And then um, uh, the Grim Reaper finds out that it was... Kim Shin, who stopped the accident and caused this miracle of sorts. And so they have this talk. This, it's just one of the best talks in the show, both because it's shot so beautifully in the tea house and just what they talk about. Yeah. I was, oh, I was in love with that scene. I love that tea shop. I love everything that happens in that tea shop. Even though it's so sad. It's the saddest place and it's the best place. 
Mm-hmm. And then Reaper and Sunny go on a kind of date. Yeah, he shows up, and she pretty much is as charmed by him as we are at all times. Mm-hmm. They look stunning in this scene. They are unbelievably beauty- beautiful people. It is almost painful. <laughs> I love them together. I just want the show to be about them. Is that too much to ask? I just, I feel like that's not too much to ask. So, um, so yeah, they have their little date and Sunny opens up about her real name, which brings about this flashback that is kind of tying everything together. And we find out that who everyone was in a past life, pretty much everyone, really just those two, but... (laughs) you see more of kim shin's relationship with the king and why he was banished and why he was killed when he returned yeah did you get this show so neat right so was he was he banished because he was too powerful i think so okay that's kind of what i i sort of picked up and then he was like he was banished and told to like just go live somewhere else. Because I think they might have been friends, mm-hmm. the Kim Shin and the prince. So he was like, I don't want anything to happen to you, but you can't remain here and right. continue testing my power. So, like, go off, send me a letter that says you died. I'll send my condolences. We'll cut off our friendship. And then Kim Shin returns a war hero and... The fact that he returns at all, I guess, means he has to be killed. Apparently, along with his sister. And along with everybody that he's ever talked to. Yep. I guess I'm still not over it. <laughs> but it makes so much more sense. It's always so... I don't know. It, it was nicer to see that it wasn't just this creepy old guy whispering in a prince's ear. It was... Maybe the prince and Kimshin were friends, and Kimshin disobeyed him in actuality. It wasn't just like a false betrayal. It was the king gave him orders to not come back, and he came back. Right. And then the king's great sin that caused him to become a reaper was to kill everyone. Yeah. Which is pretty messed up. But But pretty cool. Yeah. Because we love the Grim Reaper so much, so how can he go from... The best character to the worst character to the best character. Oh. He's so complicated in such a perfect way. Mm hmm. And then it moves into my favorite scene of this whole K drama because we find out who the lady in red is and she drops a couple truth bombs. Yeah, and they make so much sense. Yeah. I, I love when the like plot twist. Truth bombs are so reasonable. Right? Like, she... Oh, the writers of this show, they deserve all the awards. They were embedding details, because I remember at one point thinking, like, why do all these terrible things keep happening to Untak? Yeah! And then, uh, you find out that she keeps on being put in these life-or-death situations because she has one purpose, and if she doesn't serve that purpose, she's going to die. 
Yeah. And at the same time, which is to say the scene between the god and the goblin, so beautiful. I keep saying that, but it it was a masterpiece. And at the same time, it's it's played alongside a scene between Untok and the Grim Reaper, where she's finding out what will happen when the sword is pulled out. And it is heavy and amazing. It's so cool that they had this lady in red walking around. First of all, it's cool that she is a god, but she seems to be, like, very specifically Untok and the Goblin's god. Like, she created them. Mm-hmm. And she is, yeah, revealing that Untak has to take the sword out, or it means her death, and then Untak is finding out that taking the sword out means the goblin's death. Holy sh- oh. <laughs> She didn't do it. I didn't do it. I held it together. I'm <laughs> shocked. I'm in shock and awe, and I held it together. And it's- you're finding out all these puzzle pieces that are coming together, and it's so cool, and then it's played up, complemented by the fact that the goblin and the god scene are in this bookshop that has closed in, and all around is blackness and fog and blue lighting, and then Untak and the Grim Reaper are sitting at just a regular table in the yellow light of a candle, and it's these scenes just visually like the light so... and dark and yeah they're so are contradictory visually stunning visually stunning well done we're gonna give our award to this show even though we're not crazy about it yep. thank god the thank god for episode eight because if they had waited one more episode to pull it back together, especially after episode 7, I probably would have just been like, so... No one listens to our podcast, right? <laughs> we can do whatever we want. We can stop reviewing Goblin now. It's fine. Just kidding. We will finish Goblin. Because of scenes like this that we can't live without. Because of episode 8, we will finish Goblin. <laughs> Can we say that at episode 13 when it's all going downhill right before the end? Yeah. <laughs> Remember episode 8, though? Remember 8. Just think about 8. But yeah, that's uh, that's all I've got. Yep, that's it for me. Um, so I guess we can let you guys know a couple things. We'd love to hear from you. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. We have a Twitter that you can uh, follow us and we update it every time we have a new episode. Plus, sometimes we update it just because Twitter. And uh, that Twitter is at playonk. And then we have an email, playonkpodcast at gmail.com. You can email us comments or questions or critiques, anything you want. And... Leave comments on our website, playonk.com. I actually went through, I realized we didn't have comments open for all of our episodes, and I went through and opened comments up for every episode. So if you want to comment (laughs) on the specific episode, you should. Or, um, no spoilers, uh, you can email us. 
uh, if you have spoilers. I'd rather you email us the spoilers and put them on our episodes for people to accidentally read. Yeah. And then you can comment and listen on iTunes. Yeah. Just play on K Podcast. And our theme song was done by the ungodly talented, <laughs> or godly, the divinely talented, James Hevel. Thanks so much, James. You Look him ass. up. Look him up. Beautiful singer. Check out what he's doing. He does shows, usually in the Illinois, Champaign, Illinois area, but you know. Maybe you'll be lucky and he'll be in a city near you. And, um, do you have anything else, Emily? I don't think so. Um, I'm super stoked for next week because, I don't know, I guess I want this to be done at, like, episode 10, where I'm like, 9, they should wrap things up, and then 10, they should end the show. Oh, that so, would be so good. <laughs> that feels right. That feels like good timing. Am I right? That's good pacing. When you're right, you're right. When you're right, you're right. I'm right. So So I'm kind of excited, but I know they're not going to end it, so they're just going to throw more stuff in, and I'm just going to get mad. So I guess join us for next week when you're equally frustrated with all the drama of K-dramas. We can just rage together. Yes. But thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Pop.